Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 4, Episode 18, How to Steal for Fun and Profit. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm running like I stole something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I pitched this episode to the guys as a how to use history and mythology in your writing. And Howard immediately (laughs) said, so you mean stealing? And I said, well, yes. He's like, yeah, stealing. So we could talk about pop culture too, right? Stealing stuff and how to not get caught. Um, (laughs) I don't think those were my exact words. That's how uh, I remember it. (laughs) That's more or less how I remember it as well. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, as as I said not very long ago, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yes, we actually looked that quote up, and no one knows who it came from, though they claim Pablo Picasso, so we'll just pretend he said it. I'm going to claim that I said it right now. Well, it's it's well within the spirit of the quote for you to claim it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, John Cage said, well stolen is half composed. Digging at the, the root of this, what we're talking about is... Artists are influenced. And we did a podcast on not being overly influenced. Um, but we didn't talk about how to... And we talked a little bit about managing your influences. But we didn't talk about actively searching for things to use. Um, and I think we may have downplayed the amount that, that good artists, writers, visual artists, all, all types of artists, incorporate the things they've experienced. Um, Dan, do you do this? I do this all the time. Okay. Uh, specifically in the Serial Killer series... Uh, I need plausible ways for my characters to track down a serial killer. And so I would extensively study not only serial killer cases, but the criminal profilers who studied them. And how did they catch them? And Mm -hmm. so then I will take those and say, oh, the criminal profiler can look at this evidence and determine this. I'm going to use that. And I will cut it and paste it into my thing, use it in a different context altogether. But at least I know that that clue is plausible and will work. Now, we did a podcast. Oh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now. Man, have we been doing this for a couple of years? We've been doing this since... February wow. of 2008. That's a lot of 15 minutes where we don't know very much. <laughs> um, we, did, we did one where we talked about kind of transposing genres, where I talked about how Mistborn was me ta- see, taking high story and doing it in a fantasy story. And this is what we're talking about, but we're looking at kind of a, the broader scope of it. Um, I find that, you know, people come to me, they actually say this, they say, I don't have enough ideas. Which is rare. You know, we've talked about how ideas are cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people come and say, I've got this great idea. In fact, I got one last week. I'd like to sell you my idea. People uh, send me emails about that, but that's that's a tangent. Um, Never do that, listeners. Don't ever do that. Um, But I've had people come to me and say, I just don't have enough ideas. I want to be a writer. I don't have enough ideas. That's weird to me because... Every experience I've had is that the more you write, the more ideas you have, and not having ideas is, is troubling. But I think you can come up with, um, with lots of great ideas by simply looking at history, um, looking for experiences people had, looking for character interactions, relationships, these sorts of things. Howard, do you steal? 
Yep. Okay, give us an example. Um, you know what, one of, my, one of my favorite examples, and this is more of uh, visual stealing, uh, watching the James Bond movie where I, uh, I first saw parkour as a oh, right yeah. uh, as something that was being used in context of spies. That was, that was Casino Royale, right? It was right? Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Casino yeah. Royale. Parkour is, you know... From there, yeah. I started looking at parkour on YouTube, and I realized, you know, we've got this whole parkour culture, um, the, the urban running culture, and I thought, right. you know what? It got used in the James Bond movie as if it were a martial art, so I am going to turn it into a martial art. And, and I called it Parkata Urbatsu. And what's funny is that everybody who looked at the name immediately recognized, oh my gosh, it's Parkour the Martial Art. Um, and, and, and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing from YouTube and a dozen other things. When I draw some of the pictures of the people doing these parkour jumps, um, I, I looked at fun poses on U- YouTube in order to come up with it. Wow. You know, I've read all those comics. I've never realized that you'd done that. <laughs> that's pretty cool um let's let's take a step uh a step toward that then and say how do you do it without um i mean when we say steal that has obvious negative connotations people think, obvious. Okay, think what is the difference between what we're talking about and plagiarism plagiarism would be if i took the the opening scene of the james bond movie and and took you know took stills from yeah. that, traced the stills, and turned them into comic panels. Drew in my own backgrounds, drew in my my own character faces, and said you know. And now this is my own chase scene. Mm-hmm. And there have been comics where that exact thing has happened. People have taken stills from movies that they thought were epic and iconic, and they traced really? them. Yep. Wow. They, I can't think of an example right now because when it comes up, they mm-hmm. usually get slapped down. Right. Uh, Sin City is not an example of this because even though the Sin City comic book right. looks like it's been traced right. from they, the movie, they the influence moved yeah, in yeah. the other mm-hmm. direction. No, there, there is an example of something like this. I believe it was, um, it was the son of a rock star. Was it Nikki Six's son or somebody like that doing, it, doing his, his, yep. his manga? Um, you, can, you can look that up. Uh, I, I can't remember whose son it was. Rockstar. And there were piles of traced yeah. panels mm-hmm. that just yeah. came from other stuff. And, and that's, see, that's crossing a line where he, and he said, look, I've, I guess I've been influenced or something like that. That's not um, influence. That's not influence. That's copying. And it happens in, in fiction, too. Um, yeah. What you're wanting to do is see something that excites you and interests you and then make it your own. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at doing. And if you're worried about, about the plagiarism, that's why I suggest going to history and mythology instead of going to, to pop culture. Now, you can go to pop culture. Wait, I talked about Mistborn. Uh, Mistborn came from me melding, you know, two pop culture experiences yeah. of mine. Um, you know, the, the, the heroic cycle with, um, twi- and then the, um, the story film. of a heist novel. But with that, I broke it down to its base components and said, why is this working? What, what makes a heist story work? And then rebuilt it as my own story. Um, Dan, have you ever done this? How do you keep people, how do you keep it from just looking like you're copying? Well, I, I think you said uh, you have to make it your own. And you really have to really make it your own. I mean, there's okay. a lot of area in between outright plagiarism and a fine original work where there's this whole gray mass of you didn't quite do enough to make it your own. Uh-huh. It, when, when the Aragon movie came out, my favorite review of that said, I liked this movie better when it was called Star Wars. Okay. Because it was just 
it was not plagiarism, but it was still too close. It didn't feel See, original See, but Aragon enough. worked a lot for a lot of people. It and did. And it was not plagiarism because there was... Yeah, it, it, it wasn't plagiarism. It was an original thing, but for a large portion of the audience, it just they, he didn't do enough to... Well, Make I'm, it feel That's a fresh. case where Christopher Paolini, you know, bless his heart, was a little bit too young to actually worry about the anxiety of influence. Right. That's true. He, he just plowed ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean... And another, more power to him. I, I think yeah. that's awesome. Another example of this is the film Avatar. Avatar. Let's just get a get a show of hands from the from the podcasters. Well, I guess you guys. You can't. The, for those of you <laughs> not benefiting from the video. Do you think that he... Um, do you think that he was... Too close to other films, yes or no? I think that they took stories that they knew were safe. They took, uh, they, they took story elements that they knew were safe because everything else they were doing with that film was so bleeding edge that they wanted to not take a risk on the story. I reviewed it as, you know, the best Fern Gully remake ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that and Avatar is a case where I, I think I may be more forgiving than a lot of the the reviews and comments that I've read, yes, it was a story we'd seen before, but it was the best version of that story okay. that I may have, ever, I think I've ever seen. So that's a case where, for me, he did enough to make it his mm-hmm. own. I um, I saw the film and I really deeply enjoyed the film, yep. and still walked out of it saying, "Gee, I wish there had been a really great different story too." It was a great film that felt that, that left a little tiny hole in me that kept mm-hmm. me from saying that was a fantastic film. Um, but it's hard to fault someone for making a really good film that works on so many levels and has made so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, let's stop for an ad. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, because we're talking about stories that are influenced by other stories, uh, we decided we would do The Graveyard Book, um, which I can't remember if we promoted before or not, but it's a fantastic novel by Neil Gaiman. Um, 
Was that the one that won the Hugo last year? It did indeed. um, It did indeed win the Hugo, and it did also uh, won the Newbery Award. Um, And they do on audible.com have an audiobook version of it, um, which I believe, yes, it's narrated by Neil himself. Um, So if you didn't pick it up, I I do think we promoted it once before, but if you didn't pick it up before. Isn't Neil himself Neil's Twitter ID? It is his Twitter, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, It's a fantastic book. It's a retelling of the Jungle Book. If you know the Jungle Book, the Jungle Book is about a boy who's raised by animals out in the jungle. Well, this is a book about a boy who was raised by undead in a graveyard. Um, and it is a, a kind of a perfect concept for this sort of podcast where you can be influenced by something. And he's quite upfront with it in this case. So if you, if you want to give the book a listen, go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse uh, for your 15-day free trial. Support writing excuses and enjoy a great book. Look for the brain necessities. The sim- I'll stop. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Graveyard Book is an example of um, one other way to steal and not look like you're plagiarizing, which is to hang a lantern on it. Uh, this is where you do something mm-hmm. and you say, yep. I am doing this as an homage. This is tricky because by do- being very upfront with it, Sometimes to me, it feels like um, you're cutting corners, that mm-hmm. you're, you weren't able to make it enough your own. And so therefore, you have to say, well, this is just an homage. Um, mm-hmm. And yet when it works, it works beautifully well, like the Graveyard Book did. What's the difference? Well, there, there is an entire subgenre, like a recognizable genre of fairy tale retellings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a section of the bookstore to itself. Right. And so in, in some cases, that's just par for the course it's it's standard practice well and for some reason as people we want to we like to know what influences are um if, if we look at um if we look at ice ice baby okay this is a weird example but you know <laughs> ice ice baby got into serious trouble for mm-hmm. sampling doom, queen doom, and david doom, bowie doom, doom, without yeah, doom, giving credit doom, doom, doom. um yeah. if that song had given credit i think it actually would have increased the popularity of the song um, if you would have said, I love these guys, I, um, and if you would have paid for the sample, you know, mm-hmm. that was the real problem. But if you would have paid on the sample and done it as a sample, I think it would have increased the popularity of, uh, of the piece. Do you agree with me? Yeah, Maybe? I think so. Certainly, I don't think it would have hurt. Oh, Howard's, I mean, Howard's yeah, going to well, no, I'm, I'm scratching, though. I'm scratching my head because in the, uh, in, in the music business, um, lifting, lifting chords, yeah. you know, chord progressions and, and bass lines and the occasional riff... Uh, happens all the time. Lifting it via sample yeah. is something that you know technologically has only been possible for the last okay. uh, twenty or thirty years. But we've been doing that for a long time. All of Bach's organ chorales, mm-hmm. uh, all of his organ preludes, are based on uh, hymns of the time, and he takes those hymns and he does amazing things with them. And so there's there's this long musical tradition of that happening, and technology I think has has twisted it. So I I'm okay. torn because I love it. I like seeing people do it. I like listening to people do it. But uh, yeah, I agree. If you're going to take something that I recorded right. and and use the sample, I, my audio engineer needs to get paid again, and right. so do I. Um, well, I mean, there's a long history of this in in literature too. If we look at um, if we look at Wagner's, um, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Um, the das Ring, ring, the ring of the gun, 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 gun. Yes, that, which is, you know, an epic opera, which was heavily used by Tolkien 
when mm -hmm. he was writing Lord of the Rings. Um, and then Lord of the Rings heavily influenced the Wheel of Time. And you can kind of see this, you know, Norse mythology. <laughs> Lord of the Rings heavily influenced everything. Everything. Yes, it yeah. did. But, I mean, you can, you can look yeah. at these influence progressions. And, I mean, that might be one way to look at it is these different, these different stories and see how different they are from one another and yet how they are also... You know, I think the takeaway for the new writer is to look at these examples that we've cited and to say, hey, you know what? It happens. The very best writers, the very best musicians, painters, sculptors, we all do this. Right. We, mm -hmm. That's why we, we opened with those quotes from uh, maybe Picasso and definitely John Cage, is, is that we're all doing this. The, the thing that a new writer needs to look at next is um, it's not a shortcut. It's right, not yeah. something it's not something you use in order to save you from not having to think of a plot or think of a character. It's something you use in order to make your work more accessible and to in some cases lay down a framework that you're more confident is going to is going to work because you know the, like the the Campbellian monomyth right. which we still need to talk about we're, but this is know, a podcast we will dear listeners um, thanks one, for pointing out that we're yeah. lame <laughs> one, one of the, the things we say on this podcast all the time when coming up with ideas is that it works really well to combine two different ones right. together and i think that's a case where you can take something that exists previously. You know, you find a myth you really like. You find a Nazi. You find Nordic, whatever. And then you combine it with something that it's never been combined yeah. with before. Well, coming back to Parkata Urbatsu, I took yeah. parkour, and I took the martial arts training I'd received, and I looked at, uh, I've forgotten the name of the movie with Christian Bale with the gun katas in it. Right. The whole concept that you can take martial arts katas Mm -hmm. you know, practiced forms and apply them to movements that are that are new. And I thought, well, OK, I'll create something new out of that. And it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to I'm going to use Parkata Urbatsu a lot. <laughs> I think that it's a great idea. In fact, I'm going to give our writing um, prompt this week okay. as being I want you to go and I want you to go to Howard Taylor's um, website, schlockmercenary.com. And I want you to click the button that says click here to instantly teleport to someplace inside the archives. And I want you to take whatever strip shows up, read the next three or four, and have it, use it melded with some other concept to create a new new story. Something wholly original. And you know what? If you can stop reading after just three or four, that's probably best for you. <laughs> they <laughs> don't the want to cost work. you hours Otherwise, and you hours of your Otherwise, you get any writing done. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.